Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Anybody excited about At The Movies? Yeah. Come on, give it up for our production team for putting that together. Great job, guys. We got some people attending this church that got some dance moves. Y'all see that? Question is, who's under the mask? I know a couple of those guys, so it's good to be back. Last week, I was preaching um, in Huntsville, Alabama. I had a wonderful time at a, a church down there that's just reaching a lot of people and growing. had a wonderful time. Um, while I was there, though, I did get the opportunity uh, to watch our services and then went back and watched it again uh, because Pastor Sam, not only can he lead worship, but he knocked it out of the park last week. Can we, we let him know we appreciate him stepping right in and preaching. Uh, one other quick thing, um, I, I want to say it again, service times are different next week, okay? It's normally 8.30, 10, 11.30. Next week, it's 8, 10, 12, and 5. Okay, all, all the same, we're just offering uh, one extra service, and we kind of spaced them a little more, so make plans to be here. This Wednesday night is first Wednesday. Hit your neighbor and say, come out this Wednesday. Tell them that. Oh, that was weak. Come on, tell somebody to come out this Wednesday. First Wednesday is when we get all three services together for one opportunity to experience God, so come and be a part of that. Uh, I want to dive right into the Word of God today. I have a message for you. I want you to help me with the title, though. I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell them real quick, no more bloody hands. All right, find a different neighbor and tell them no more bloody hands. <clears throat> Let's go to, uh, this will make sense in a moment, Proverbs chapter 24, starting in verse number 11. It says, rescue those being led away to death, hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? I want to look at another translation, really just the first uh, line there, uh, verse number 11 Proverbs 24, it says, if thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, in other words, if we don't say anything, and those that are ready to be slain. Um, no more bloody hands is what I want to talk to you about. And I believe that one of the biggest crimes that's being committed that's not being committed by criminals, but by Christians, is the fact that we who know Christ are not sharing Christ with others. And this is a very heavy responsibility, and it's something that when you preach on topics like this, it doesn't get everybody excited. Uh, and the reason being a lot of times is because we come to church and we, we want our breakthrough. We want our answered prayer. We want God to touch our families. And, and there's nothing wrong with all of that. But at the end of the day, the, the, the number one priority should not be ourselves, once we know Jesus, the number one priority should be to share the message of Jesus with those who are headed toward disaster. Um, one translation of Proverbs 24 says, rescue those being led away to death 
And another translation says, if we forbear to deliver them. The word for forbear there simply means that we don't reach them, we don't um, speak to them, we don't do anything, but we procrastinate about the lost who are all around us. Now, very important point that we need to grab hold of today is that Jesus has no way to save the world except by us. That went over real well. You're like, no, Jesus saved the world. No, he entrusted his message with his people. He entrusted the gospel with you and I. And we are, the scripture says that you and I, those who are born again, we are co-laborers with Christ, that we are light in a dark world. We are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. And Jesus even gave the command. He said, I want you to go into the entire world, preach the gospel, baptize them. And if people believe and are baptized, they are saved. But if they do not believe and they are not baptized, they perish. Now, this is a very sobering thought, but we need to know that when Jesus made that statement to go into the entire world and preach the gospel, at this point, there are nine times more people today than there were when Jesus said it. And so he has given us this message to share. The number one responsibility of the church, all right, globally, and specifically, since I'm the pastor of this church, we'll just bring it home, the number one priority of Bethesda Church has to be evangelism. If we don't do anything else, we need to make sure that we are seeing people who are lost come into a relationship with Jesus. That should be the number one priority, the number one focus. It should be the thing we celebrate the, the most. Uh, and, and we're doing a good job of it, but how many we can always do a better job of it? Over 350 people have given their life to Jesus just this year here at Bethesda Church. Come on, somebody, give God praise for that. But with that being said, if you've been around here a little while, you know the four steps here at Bethesda. Our vision is simple. We do four things. We want everybody to, number one, to know God. That's got to be number one. We want every person who comes here to have a personal walk with God. Our, our services are designed to equip you, to inspire you, encourage you, to bring healing to your life. But the number one focus of our services is to make sure that those who are lost are found. After you know God, we want you to find freedom. The way we do that here at Bethesda Church is through small groups. Good news is, is that small groups kick off in two weeks from today. Uh, leadership training is taking place right now as I'm preaching. It, it will take place again at 1130. If you would like to lead a group, I would encourage you to, to be a part of that. The reason um, that is so important is because we find freedom through relationships. Discipleship takes place in the context of relationships. I know you, you want to believe that it's just me and Jesus. It's not just you and Jesus. It's always been you, Jesus, and others, all right? And we need one another. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another man. We also want you to discover purpose. The way we do that here is through next steps. If you've not gone through next steps, make plans to do it. The fourth thing is, is that we want everybody to make a difference, and we do that by serving. Um, and, and that's like a dirty word in church. You know why? It's because we're all so greedy. My breakthrough, my healing, my blessing. But, but we need to know that we, should, we, we need to develop a heart of service 
to make a difference in somebody else's life. Because what I make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for me. And a lot of times we're missing out on opportunities to be blessed because we're missing moments to serve. And so we want those four things to happen, but I want you to know the number one focus of this church is step number one. We want everybody to know Jesus, to have a relationship with him. Jesus looked at the harvest field, and here's what he said. He said that it is white unto harvest. That's what he said about the harvest. It's white, it's ripe, it's ready to go. But then he, he had a prayer request after that. And here's what Jesus, think about it, the Lord has a prayer request. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth the laborers to reach that harvest. Jesus prayed this prayer. So we tend to think that the laborers are the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, the staff at the church, the person holding the microphone. That is the laborers. Um, and, and that's a false assumption because the laborers are you. I am looking at a room full of laborers, of people who should be sharing the message of Jesus Christ. The writer of Proverbs said, to deliver those who are drawn away to death, to stop them from stumbling to the slaughter. In other words, there are people who are headed into eternity who are not prepared. They are not prepared. They're not ready for it. And he says, hold them back. Now, the question we have to ask is, who is he talking about? Because a lot of times when, when you read something like that, people stumbling toward, a toward the slaughter, who is he talking about? I'll tell you who he's talking He's talking about your neighbors, your friends, your family members, maybe a, a childhood friend that you have. How many of the people around us all week long, all month long, all year long, there are people around us who are not prepared to step into eternity. Am I in the right place? They're not prepared. And he said, I want you to hold them back. They're not prepared. We, we need to develop a passion for lost people, a passion to reach the broken, a passion to reach the addicted. To, that, that we don't become exclusive. Like, you know, it's just our group. And, and, and crazy thing about church people, I've had to fight for change as the pastor of this church and lead through transition. And, and here's the thing. When you get up and preach, everybody's welcome here. Everybody says, praise the Lord, good preaching, until everybody starts coming. Am I in the right place? Like, we're, we're cool with it as long as it's just a sermon. But when they come in with alcohol on their breath and addicted to drugs and been divorced seven times, a lot of times church people struggle with it, but Jesus says everyone is welcome and Bethesda Church is a place where you can believe or belong before you believe. Either we believe that or we don't. Either we operate in that or we don't. And so what we need to know this morning is that if you took all the people in the world who do not know Jesus and asked them to join hands, it would circle the globe. The mile, the, 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 that, that line grows by 20 miles every day, people that do not know Jesus. If you were to stop all births and deaths, if nobody else was born, nobody else died, just the people that are on the earth right now, and you worked to get everybody who didn't know Jesus saved, 
it would take us 100 years to do it. And, and the reason for that is that the church as a whole has not done a good job of reaching lost people. I talk to pastors many times, and, and when I share what God is doing here, and we've had 300 and some people saved this year, they, they look at me like deer in the headlights and like they haven't had a person saved in two years. Now, how many know we should celebrate what God is doing here? We should honor what God is doing here. We should not take what God is doing here for granted, but at the same time, I don't want to stop where we are. There are too many lost people too many broken people, too many people that need a message of hope. There are people all around us every single day that need what you and I have. And so what we need to know is that if we're not sharing our, our faith with others, if we're not, I'm going to say it a different, way, a different way, the same grace you have received, you are required to share. It is every Christian's job to be a minister. The word minister means servant. Everybody here is a laborer. Everybody here is a minister of the gospel. And, and this should stir us. This should move us. We, if you don't have a passion for lost people or a burden for lost people, you should pray and ask God to give you a burden for them. Ask God to help you to see that the harvest is right. But a lot of us, were so stuck in our own world, so stuck in our own problems, that we, we fail to recognize the people around us that are stumbling toward the slaughter. And he, he's, the writer here in Proverbs says that they would say, I didn't know. In other words, like, like there comes a day when, when people would say, well, I didn't know that I should stop them. I didn't know that I should share my faith with them. I, I really didn't know. Well, that, that was okay until this morning because now you know. Now you know. See, we, we love good teaching. Church people love good teaching. But what they fail to recognize is that once you get good teaching, now you're required to do it. God holds you responsible for what you have heard. See, church people have become fat and obese in the spirit. Oh, I'm going to preach today. Yeah, they become fat and obese in the spirit. You say, what, what are you talking about? Because we want to come and we want to, I just need to get fed, Pastor. I, I just need you to feed me a little more. I, I need more word. I need more meat. Oh, I just take me into the deep thing. What have you done with what you've already learned? We are sitting on revelation. We are sitting on understanding. And a lot of times we got all this knowledge and all this wisdom and we just keep gaining it and gaining it and gaining it. And I'm, I'm asking, why aren't you taking what you know and sharing that with people who don't know and start sharing the same grace you've received with those who desperately need God's grace? See how quiet it is? You know why? Because we, we're going deeper. We need more word, Pastor. You don't need more word. You need more action. You've got enough word. You've, got, you, you've received from God. He has blessed you. He has given you grace. He has changed your life. And now it's our responsibility to share what God has done for us with those who do not know. Deuteronomy 32 tells us, 
the wicked, and I, I just want us to, to, to grab this today, that hell is real. We're not going to get a lot of praise the Lord's today, I understand. <laughs> hell is real. Deuteronomy 32 says the wicked go into the lowest hell. Job 26 says hell is a bottomless pit. Psalm 55, 15 says when wicked people die, they instantly go to hell. Isaiah 5 and 14 says, Hell enlarges its borders and opens up its mouth to receive people. All right, this is all scriptures about hell. And, and Jesus said in Matthew 7, he said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. See, the church has been lulled to sleep. Like, a lot of us, we, we, we're tore up about stuff, but there's not a lot of people tore up about the right stuff. We're wrestling with things, but I wonder how many people are wrestling with family members that are on their way to hell. How many of us are wrestling with the thought of people we love and care about stepping into eternity, not prepared for it. I believe the church has been lulled to sleep and we've become spiritually greedy where we only want our breakthrough, our healing, our blessing, God to show up in, and fight our battles, and God wants to do all those things. God wants to bless you and heal you, give you joy, give you peace of mind, but that is not the top priority of what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about this. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have to get a, a passion and a burden. Isaiah said in Isaiah 14, starting in verse 9, he said, Hell from beneath is excited about you. To meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you. I, you you got to get, it, he stirs, hell stirs up the dead. What, what is he talking about with this? When a new person stumbles to the slaughter, steps into eternity, not prepared. Hell opens up its mouth to receive the wicked. And, and the scripture is letting us know that demon spirits stir up the dead, even though people are being tormented and it's a terrible place to go, that, that hell stirs the dead up so that you can visibly see new people coming into hell. I want you to think about that. May, for, for some of us, I don't think we've, we really grasp that if we're not right, that we spend eternity in hell. But the other part of that is, is that if we're not right and we, we go to hell, we also will visibly see people who join us there that we had influence on. Oh, praise the Lord. That's good preaching. See, this is not popular, but we need, this is a sobering thought that someone you had influence on could spend eternity in hell because there's blood on your hands because you didn't share your, your faith. Some of you didn't think of it like, oh, as long as me and Jesus are good. As long, long as me and God are okay. He goes on to say, 
He says, it is raised up from their thrones, all the kings of the nations. They all speak and say to you, have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol or hell, and the sound of your stringed instruments, the maggot is spread under you, and worms cover you. So hell forces people to watch those they had influence on who also stumble to the slaughter. Even the chief ones of the earth, the writer says. In other words, people who had power, kings, presidents, leaders, that, that when they enter hell, how many know that it doesn't matter how much power you had here, if you go there, you're going to look extremely weak. That, that's what he's talking about. It doesn't matter how powerful you are, how wealthy you are, because at the end of the day, he says the wicked stumble into hell and money can't help them, fame can't help them, prestige can't help them. How many of the only thing that can help people is the blood of Jesus Christ so that when we step into eternity, we step into eternity prepared for it. See, it's impossible to look at the life of Jesus and not see that he had compassion on lost people. He understood his purpose was to seek and to save those who are lost. That was his primary purpose for coming. It's why he saw a wicked man by the name of Zacchaeus who had cheated people out of all kinds of stuff And he sees Zacchaeus up in a tree and he says, Zacchaeus, you need to come down from the tree because today salvation has come to your house. It's what caused Jesus to walk 36 miles out of the way to meet a woman who had been married five times and was now shacking up with another man who she was not married to. It caused him to go 36 miles out of the way to meet one person. Yes, you got a past. Yes, you've committed sin. You've got addiction and baggage. But Jesus went 36 miles out of the way on foot to let one lady know you got a lot of issues, but you're valuable. You're important. I want to change your life. See, the church ought to be willing to go out of its way to reach people. We ought to be willing to do anything short of sin to reach people. So I don't like that at the movies. Well, it's not for you. If you already know Jesus, it's not for you. We don't do at the movies for saved folk. We want you to come, celebrate, worship God, have a good time. But really what we want to happen is lost people to be saved and you to come and clap and say, praise the Lord for what you're doing, God. That's what we want to happen. So there are certain things that we're not doing for saved people. We're doing for lost people because we don't want blood on our hands. Ezekiel 3. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth. Give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Powerful word here where he says that if we, warn, if, we, if we fail to warn people, 
if we fail to share our faith with people, that their blood, if they die in that condition, their blood is on our hands. That, that if we share our, our heart, we share our faith with them, and they, they don't get saved, like we do it, then we're okay. The, the, the thing we have to grab is, is that we are called to warn people, to share our faith. God, God requires that we share what he has done for us with people who are around us. And, and I'm like the Apostle Paul. I am not, a lot of us, the reason we don't is we're afraid. We're like, I, I'm afraid of what they'll say. What if they judge me? What if I come across too pushy? And, and we have all these hang-ups on why we can't share our faith. But I want you to think back with me about what Jesus did for you. He wasn't ashamed to save you and to change you and to have his name associated with your life. And it's like the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. How many are thankful for salvation today? It is the power of God unto salvation. No more bloody hands. So there will be people who stand before the throne of God on judgment day and have bloody hands because they were not bold enough to be a witness. He set watchmen on the wall to open up their mouth to warn people. Again, God wants you to have joy and peace and blessing, but Christianity is about the lost coming to Jesus. That has to be the number one focus. It's time to wake up. Listen, if, you, if you're a backslider, it's time to come home. It's time to stop playing games. Let's get our hearts right, and let's share what God has done for us with other people. And you say, why, why is that so? Eternity is real. We just spent four weeks talking about the end times. And at the end of the day, how that should motivate us should be we're going to get all the lost people saved that we possibly can. We're going to do everything we can to see people saved. We are called to deliver them from the slaughter. And it doesn't matter today if you're a banker, president of a company, a mechanic, a doctor, a teacher. It doesn't matter what your occupation is. You are called to deliver people from the slaughter. You are called to rescue them. You are God's weapon in the earth. And, one, and something you really need to get a hold of is there are some people that only you can, can carry a burden for them. Some people, only your story will make a difference in their life. Only what God has done for you will make a difference in them. There are family members that unless you share your faith with them, they may never hear the gospel. And, and, and you may ask, that, well, who, who's this for, Pastor? Who's it for? What, wh who's it for? Why do we do what we do? Why are we building a, a bigger building? Why are we giving more money to the Imagine campaign? I'll tell you why. Because there are lost people all around our region that need Jesus, and we're going to pour money, time, energy, effort into reaching people. And if they can't come, we're going to invest where they are. We'll take the gospel to them online. We're going to find a way to reach people where they are with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what motivates us. It's what drives us. 
It's the most important thing to God, and it should be the most important thing to, to his people. Now, I want to show you something here that I heard uh, just a few months ago that, I, that I, I wanted to save this. I didn't come up with it. Another preacher did, so we'll, we'll give kudos to him. But he was talking about Joseph of Arimathea. You guys remember Joseph of Arimathea in Scripture? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about this gentleman. And the Scripture says a couple of details about Joseph of Arimathea. We know him as the guy who took the body of Jesus. You remember that? Jesus is crucified, and Joseph of Arimathea, he got the body, anointed it, prepared the body for burial. All right, that's who we're talking about. The Scripture says, number one, he was a wealthy man. Secondly, it tells us he was a disciple of Jesus, which tells us right there that you can be wealthy and still love Jesus, all right, because God used this man to do something very significant. Now, a couple more things about this guy, going somewhere with this. Scripture says he went to Herod, who had the body of Jesus, and he begged for the body. He begged Herod for the physical body of Jesus Christ. And what he was doing is he was taking the body of Christ from where it was, and he was positioning the body of Christ to where it should be. And so he's begging for the body. He was begging. We, we can look at it because Jesus was the physical body of Christ. We get that. But how many of you understand in the New Testament, the church is now the body of Christ? And so he is begging for the body of Jesus. And my question for you today is, are you willing to beg for the opportunity to be a part of the body of Christ? How many know church shouldn't have to beg you to get involved? You ought to be begging to be a part of the body of Christ. That's what Joseph of Arimathea was doing. He was begging for the body of Christ. He was passionate about the body of Christ. And and that leads me to say this. We are not a sanctuary for the saved. We are a hospital hospital for the sick. Everyone is welcome. You're welcome with your addiction, with your hangups, with your messed up family, with all the struggles you had. You are welcome to Bethesda Church. When he got the body of Christ placed, he, he, when, it, when he got the body, he then placed clean linen on it. All right, this is significant because it speaks to if we're going to serve in the kingdom, we're going to serve in the body. How many know we ought to do it with a clean heart? He put clean linen on the body. And, and not only did he put clean linen on the body, but then he took it from a death position to a resurrection position. And I believe he did that because he knew that he's only going to need this tomb I've bought this tomb that I've worked on, uh, he's only going to need it for a few days. I believe that Joseph of Arimathea knew that a resurrection was coming. And, and this is what God has called us to do. We have to position the body of Christ to be prepared for resurrection. We have to position ourselves. The resurrection is a picture of the rapture of the church. We have to position ourselves for a resurrection. This is what God has called us to do. 
And here's what's going to happen in the last days. We talked a lot about the end times, but the scripture is very clear that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. So as we position the body of Christ for a move of God, I believe lost people are going to be saved at Bethesda Church. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out at Bethesda Church. I believe our sons and daughters are going to prophesy right here at Bethesda Church. How many of you are ready to position ourselves for a move of God that will impact our homes, our families, our cities? Joseph of Arimathea was passionate about the body, and he laid the body in the tomb. And, and I love that part, that he, he had to have some investment in this. He bought the tomb. He had to get some tools to, to hewn it out, to, to make it appropriate for the body. In other words, he had ownership in this. How many of it's going to cost us something? We're going to have to invest ourselves in what God is doing. To take it one more step further, the Bible says that he placed the body of Christ in the tomb he had bought, in the tomb he had prepared. He had anointed Jesus, even though he was dead, he was anointing him for resurrection. But the Bible says something very unique. It says there were two people there. It says there was Mary Magdalene positioned at the body of Christ, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Now, this is where it gets real. At the body of Christ, which how many know we are the body of Christ, Mary Magdalene is there, significant. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there, significant. If you'll remember, Mary Magdalene was a former prostitute. Jesus cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. But she felt comfortable around the body of Christ. Mary, holy Mary, virgin Mary, also felt comfortable at the body of Christ. Where are you going, Pastor Chad? I'll tell you where I'm going. Both of them equally had access to the body. It was for every status of society. Let's go a little deeper. If you were rich, you felt comfortable around the body. If you were poor, you had value around the body of Christ. If you had addictions, you were welcome to the body of Christ. If you were, if you were drug addicted, if you had alcohol problems, if you've been divorced five times, how many know? The, the point is Mary Magdalene represented baggage and everything that's wrong, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, re represented everything that was right, but they were both welcome to the body of Christ. And I came to tell us, it doesn't matter if you're a drug addict, doesn't matter if you're an alcoholic, been divorced, if you're gay, I don't care. You are welcome here at Bethesda Church. We will preach the gospel and allow the gospel to transform you. Come on, if you believe it, stand to your feet and let's give God praise today. Come on, give him a hand clap if you believe that. Listen, at the end of the day, we can't change anybody. Only the blood of Jesus. I can't fix people. I can't change people. But you know what? I can invite people. I can invite them to be a part of what changed me. 
this was kind of just in the moment in the 830 service. I just had this moment where I, I really felt impressed. There are invite cards in seats, under seats. I want everybody to at least pick one of those up. Pick one up real quick. Everybody, everybody participate. Grab you an invite card. Grab two of them. This was kind of just in the moment, just like we, we, we always send invites. We do mass mailings. We do all that for this series. But we wanted to put something in everybody's hand so that God could speak to you about one person, one family, one neighbor, somebody that you could simply invite. And that's a great conversation starter. The other thing that works to your benefit is that at the movies is not church as usual. It's completely different. And a lot of people that normally wouldn't come to church will come to a series or event like this. But what I want you to do, I want you to think just for a moment, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, of one family, maybe two families, that you know they don't know Jesus. You know they don't. That you could invite to be a part of this series. Listen, you don't have to carry the weight of if they get saved or don't get saved. How many know that's up to God? The Holy Spirit will do the work. But we play a part in this. We can help people take their next step. So I want you to lift that card. I just want to, I felt led to pray over your conversations coming this week. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over every invite card, every person under the sound of my voice that will have a conversation this week inviting someone to at the movies. God, we know that the body of Christ should be a place where the prostitute is welcome. God, where the righteous person is welcome, where the person who's got problems is welcome, where the person who's always seemed to have, have it all together, they're all welcome and have equal access. God, I ask that you would go before your people. God, I pray that you would anoint conversations. God, that you would help them. God, to, to give an invitation to someone. And, and God, that the Holy Spirit would work on their heart. And God, we are believing that you're going to lead them here. And God, we know that we can't change them. We can't fix them. But God, we know you can through the Holy Spirit. So we ask God, go before us this week. Help us to find someone to be like Luke 15, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. God, to be intentional this week. Not just to hang out with a holy huddle, but God, to find someone that doesn't know you and invite them to the same experience that changed us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I know that it starts next week, but I also know that there are probably people watching, people in this room that you're not in right relationship with Jesus. This is your moment, this is your opportunity. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as your savior, I want to give you an opportunity. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, would you, would you signify that by just throwing your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me, Pastor. Thanks for this hand over here. God bless you. Another one there. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me. If you're watching online, we'd love to pray for you. Thank you for that one online as well. Anyone else? Say, I want to know Jesus today. Church, let's pray with these hands that have gone up. Everybody repeat. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you came, 
that you died in my place and that you rose again. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate those hands that went up today. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God today. There's a connect card in the seat back in front of you. We would love for you to fill that out. Leave it in your seat. Just let us know you made a decision for Jesus today so that we can come alongside you and help you take your next step. I want to ask the prayer team and staff to come forward. We're going to do one more song. And let this song be a time of celebration today and just anticipation of what God is going to do over the next four weeks. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.